1: Persis, hello. Hello, Sarah. You are wearing the girl-on-girl beanie today, and it looks so cute on you.
0: I love this beanie. I actually really love it. Me too.
1: Heart. Me too. I like my gray one. I got the gray one with the white writing on it. Oh, yeah. The gray one's really cute. Yeah, but the yellow just it works with your skin tone and your hair. I, I think gray is not really your vibe. You're a colorful gal. You're yeah. like color and black yeah oh you know i love black i wear a lot of black yeah so do i but like your vibe is black but then like a pop of color every now and then
0: (laughs) yeah like exactly like my black july talk sweater and my bright yellow girl on girl beanie
1: yeah it's kind of like you know you have a black cold heart but then on the outside you pretend to be like colorful and cute
0: exactly whereas inside you don't even want to know her
1: I know the inside.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you do. Anyway, Sarah, let's not be inappropriate. We're about to introduce our next guest.
1: I am so excited for everyone to hear this conversation. Who did we talk to today, Purse?
0: Today, we are talking to the lovely Jessica Figueroa
1: yes and sorry if we're butchering the last name um she goes by fig and i feel like she was kind of like oh like my friends and stuff call me fig but then i just immediately started calling her fig so hopefully that was okay with her jess if you're listening and you're like that actually like wasn't okay i am deeply sorry but fig is just so cool and it just suits her vibe so much she's so cool and she is the face behind an events brand called Queer Girl, which we fell in love with when we discovered it on Instagram and TikTok. They have the most hilarious content that they post from their events. They're just creating these amazing spaces for not just queer women, but all sorts of queer people in San Diego. But they do have some plans to expand a little bit, which we talked to Fig about in this episode. She'll so hear all about it. We think queer spaces and events are so important. I mean, understatement of the century. We talk about it a lot on the pod and we wanted to hear from someone who is, you know, in the weeds of it, organizing these events and creating these spaces for people to come.
0: Yes, agreed. And I feel like being in Toronto as well, we have events here and there, but all of us always say like the queer community collectively always agrees that we need more events. We need more representation. We need more in-person community gatherings. And I feel like Queer Girl is just a perfect example of how that can grow and how it can bring people together. I mean, when Fig tells us about like some of these stats happening with the Queer Girl TikTok account, once she came on, I was like floored. It just shows the demand, right? Like the fact that these numbers are growing, it just clearly shows that these spaces are so needed.
1: That's a really good point. Not only did their social numbers grow, but also just the amount of people that were coming to the events like skyrocketed. And you're right, like the stats show the demand. This reminds me of there's an event that happens sometimes in Toronto called Queer Wine Night. That's the right name, right?
0: Yeah, it happens at a Paradise Grapevine. And they call it Queer Wine Night. It's the first Tuesday usually of every month.
1: Yeah, and I remember there was one Tuesday where the event was happening and someone posted a picture and outside of this bar was a massive line, like around the block lineup of people waiting and hoping to get into the event and the person who posted it was like, this just shows like there are not enough queer events and queer spaces in the city. Like this one night of the month where it's like a lot of queer women too who, who are going to this specific event there's almost too much demand for the space Mm -hmm. to fit in the space so it's happening in big cities all around the world and queer girl is making their impact in san diego um, and hopefully we can continue to make an impact here in canadian cities as well not us personally but like (laughs) canadian queers
0: (laughs) hey we can girl on girl can uh insert
1: themselves in there that's true that's true i shouldn't like i should be down on ourselves Yeah. I mean, I just, it just felt a little too, too too scary, but it's not. We can do whatever we want. With the help from Fig, our new pal Fig. Yeah. Maybe we can partner up. Yeah. Do you hear that? Fig, are you listening? Fig, are you still there? Fig, girl, we've been talking. You haven't said a word. Where are you? okay anyway (laughs) anyway let's jump into the interview thank you so much Jess for hanging with us talking to us being vulnerable telling us your story and for creating these spaces and if you guys want to follow queer girl or Jess and see what's up we're gonna put all the links in the show notes if you want to look it up right now queer gxrl and honestly regardless of where you live in the world follow the tiktok because the videos are I'm obsessed with them
0: (laughs) Me too. Me too. They're really funny. And listen, us queers can sometimes be a little toxic. We can be a little spicy. And uh, the questions asked definitely do not. They're not like tame. Like they definitely like get right to the right
1: to the root of everything. And the people who go to the parties, they're not afraid to just, like, be themselves. That's what makes the video so good. It's so good. And I just can't wait for Purse to go to her first queer girl event and get on the video because I feel like you'd have some good responses. Yeah. We'll see. No pressure. Don't don't put me on the spot. No pressure, but I would like you to be featured in one of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I'll go to San Diego.
1: Okay. See you later.
0: Okay. See ya.
2: Hi, Jess. Hello, hello. How was your meeting? It was good. We have some exciting stuff happening for Queer Girl. We're tying up some pre-New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve events that we are, are in the works.
0: That's exciting.
2: And a Cupid, you know, Cupid party, Queer Girl Cupid party for Valentine's Day. Oh my God. So just some exciting things in the works. Yeah, for sure. That's so
1: exciting. We're really stoked to talk to you for a multitude of reasons. But when we discovered, I think I was the one who discovered Queer Girl. It like came up on my Instagram somehow. And I sent it to Purse for two reasons. I was like, this needs to exist in Toronto. Like what, how does this not exist? Like every, like a a Cupid party, like Purse needs that, okay, in Toronto. And then the second reason I sent it to her was I was like, all the girls at these events are so hot.
2: <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, it's uh we do have a plethora and a variety of, you know, people, beautiful people that show up to our events. Um, you know, throughout the whole community whether you're lesbian or bisexual, we have a couple transgender people, a couple gay gay men that show up and support. It's pretty inclusive as much as we try to, you know, cater it to queer women since there's not many places for us um we're also not gonna turn away anyone either you know we we would want to be accepted just like you know they would want to be accepted at our events
1: yeah of course Yeah, we love that. And we're going to talk to you about that too later in the combo, because that's one of the things we noticed too, just like looking at all the great content that Queer Girl posts. It's super diverse and really inclusive and exciting. Okay, to start off, for any listeners who don't know who you are or have never heard of Queer Girl, can you tell us your name, maybe a little bit about you? What are your pronouns and how do you identify? Okay,
2: yeah. So my name is Jessica Figueroa, but everyone except for my mother calls me Fig, uh, like the fruit. I love that. I love that so much.
1: That's so fun. Yeah, you
2: know, I was a jock my whole life, played all the sports, went to D1 College at the University of Delaware for soccer. And, you know, FIG was just one syllable, real quick, something you could shout. Um, And yeah, it stuck. I actually got that nickname when I was in like third grade. And here we are you know, a bunch of years later, two decades, like almost two decades later, and we're still calling me fig. So I think it's going to stick and stay around for a while. I actually have a big tattoo.
0: As you should, (laughs) I was going to say, that's like the perfect thing to tattoo. It's so cute. (laughs) Is that like a little character? Wait.
2: Yeah, it's got some Nike. It's like a fig with shoes. Shades and a beanie because that's what I wear most of the time. (laughs) I'm obsessed also,
1: I do have to say, I played soccer my whole childhood, and it was really helpful to have a nickname like that, like at, for in game reasons, like for people to just quickly be like, hey, pass me the ball. Yeah. But my name's Sarah Johnson. So nicknames didn't really exist.
0: SJ. Like, <laughs> SJ, I was going to say, gonna say SJ should have been it.
1: No, I'm trying to make SJ my nickname right now. Okay, well, we're
2: going to make it your nickname. You're done
1: SJ. I can't believe you just said that. Anyone listening who has been like hanging with me recently will be laughing right now because I'm literally trying to get people to call me SJ. And they're like, fine, <laughs> we'll call you SJ. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Okay, anyway, back to you. Um. Yeah, so East Coast girl, you know, trying to make power moves out here in the West Coast. I moved out here almost five years ago. I am she, her kind of leaning towards she, they these days, you know, um, I am masculine presenting, but my fem side does come out from time to time. Yeah, I'm 29 about to head towards the, you know, dirty thirties.
0: Oh, that's exciting, though
2: yeah um, it's like exciting, but also like, ah, like is this where I should be in my life right now like where where does that um, uh,
1: relatable relatable?
2: you know that's a little bit about me uh from South Jersey originally and have been in San Diego, yeah, for a while. you know, I w- jumped into the recruiting side of things uh I work for the life sciences, so biotech and pharmaceutical companies, and I help staff for them and you know, queer girl kind of found me. We've just been making history ever since. And, you know, that's kind of like my passion project, I guess you would say. Um, While, you know, the nine to five job kind of pays the bills and covers me while I live in like one of the most expensive states and cities in the country.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I hear that. So
2: that's that's a little bit about me.
0: Um, But speaking of queer girl, and we're obviously a queer podcast, do you remember the first time that you realized you might be queer? And did you have like an aha moment?
2: Yes. So, you know, being in like a small Jersey town, it's like, you deal with a lot of like whispers and, you know, a lot of people talking about you. And I come from an immigrant family, first generation Mexican. So you know, my parents are very, you know, make sure you're you're presentable or, you know, what you do, like your actions and, you know, how you represent yourself represents our family. So I was always kind of like dealing with internalized feelings when it came to women. So being around sports and jocks and like all that was very... Um, Eye opening to me. And I think that's when I started to like feel certain ways about women. One in particular. Um...
1: <laughs> There's always one. There's always the one.
2: <laughs> There's always the one. She's actually straight and like never knew that she was like my first like crush, like my first love. Aww. Um, and so if she ever does hear this podcast, maybe she'll find out.
1: Can we say her first name or is that too much?
2: Her first name is Cassandra, but she goes by... Ca- I call her Cassie. I've called her Cassie my whole life. Okay. Cassie, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, Cassie. <laughs> the cat's <laughs> out of the bag. Um, But no, she was like my teammate for the state of New Jersey. So it's like all the girls throughout the Jersey area come together. So it's north, south, central, wherever. We all come together to represent the state. And she lived in like northern Jersey. I'm from southern Jersey. so practices were the only times we saw each other where it was like right in the middle and I was so excited to like see her at practice and I'm like that was like the little inklings where I'm like okay like why am I so excited to see her and then we became besties and she would tell me about her boyfriends and like all her boy drama and I would just like would get so jealous and be like
0: (laughs) But were you like confused if you're like am I just like You know, if she's going through issues, am I like mad for her? Am I mad because I'm like jealous?
2: I feel like that could be weird. (laughs) That that was me. That was me too, T. I'm like, oh, he should not be treating you that way. But then I'm like, I could treat you better. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like it was one of those things where it was like a story in my head playing, but was never spoken out loud. And then there was this one time we were going away to camp for the whole region. So that's like, girls from all the eastern region come together for this camp where we kind of try out for the national team. And so I was like a whole week or a week and a half with her and on the bus ride up, she like would sit on my lap and I was like getting all tingly and I'm like, okay, this is not this is not normal. <laughs> I was getting all hot and bothered. I'm like, okay.
1: You're like, this is not how I feel around my other friends.
2: Right. No, a hundred percent. I'm like, why don't I feel this way about like, you know, my friend Grace or my friend Kelsey, my mm-hmm. other teammates, like, why is it this specific person? And then she'd be like, oh my God, come to my room for a nap. And I'd be like, I'm on my way. Like, you know, any kind of time that I had with her individually, I was like, okay, this feels different. I think, I think I like girls, like, but I was never... Never said it out loud, never acted on it or anything. Clearly, you know, never even told her I had feelings for her. But yeah, that was kind of my aha moment for sure, for sure, looking back at it. I'm curious, at this time, were you dating men? Oh, I was, I had boyfriends. My mom was borderline, like, thinking about sending me to an all girls school which
0: would have been great
2: which could have been either great or like I don't even know (laughs) or disaster yeah so like I don't know internalized homophobia I think is a word or a phrase you can say I was definitely experiencing especially coming from like the background that you know I was brought up in very catholic very religious you know I had a quinceañera so I had like 10 guys, you know, surrounding me and like dancing with me and all that, the dress. So it was, it was hard, you know, it was very hard to like really open myself up to that. And then, you know, my coming out story came in college when I was older, you know, that was when I kind of started to like grow out of that you know, oh, well, I disappoint my parents, like the whole internalized homophobia thing. It was still there, but not as much. Like I was more open to like being like, okay, like I like this girl.
1: Do you remember who you came out to for the first time?
2: (laughs) Uh, I came out to my roommate who was also coming out to me. We were both like, didn't know we were coming out to each other, but we were both like, hey, like, can I talk to you? I need to tell you something. And she was like, wait, like, I need to tell you something too. Like, what's going on? Like, you go first. And I'm like, no, you go first. And then <laughs> it was just like, a, I really like this girl, Chelsea, for her. And I was like, well, I really like this girl, Mara. And like, it was like, oh my God, like, we're both going through it together. Like, that's so cute. Yeah. She was on the lacrosse team. I was on the soccer team. And we, you know, there were people on my team that were gay, but like, I don't know, again, like you kind of struggle saying those things out loud always. And there wasn't really anyone on her team that was gay. So she would be the first one. So it was like a very nerve, you know, nerve wracking thing for the both of us. Um, But yeah, she was my friend Zagra, who she's now happily married to her wife. Oh, congrats. Yes, Zagra and Madison. They're so cute. Zagra is her like last name. But her first name's Alex. Aw. But yeah, that's why that's who I came out to.
0: I love how you were both coming out to each other.
2: And you could help each other through it. We did, honestly. It was great. And then, you know, once I told her, I told, like, a couple other people. It was easier, you know, to, like, start saying, like, a couple of my teammates knew. A lot of them didn't as well. And then my other roommates knew, obviously, because, like, Mara kept on sleeping over and, like, why is she sleeping over a lot and I'm like I don't know like she doesn't like her party party. yeah like (laughs) we're just trying to make it up um but yeah it was kind of harder on her end because she like came from a I thought my parents and my family was like super religious but her parents were like next level like they went to daily mass they owned a chick-fil-a like yeah it was it was tough because our relationship ended up being a secret for five years I'm sorry. Oh
0: that's really really hard. Five years that's a long time.
2: It is. The first time she broke up with me actually was when I came out to my mom. I never fell in love like I did with a guy like I did with her if that's
0: it. Yeah definitely.
2: So it definitely hit like me on another level. Like I was like my world was like shaken up. So who do you call when that happens? your mother or I don't know other people maybe someone else and I was like it was like midnight like my like midnight and she was in Jersey and I was in Delaware and I was just like hysterical on the phone I was like I just can't tell you like I can't tell you but like I'm just like I need you blah blah she's like you're scaring me like what's going on did you get arrested again like 'Cause I got arrested. I got an underage. Um college. And she was just like, I was like, no, no. She's like, okay, I'm on my way. Poor thing gets to my apartment at like 130 in the morning. And we're just having like this deep ass conversation in the car. And she's like, okay, tell me like what's going on, Jess? Like, what like what like why are you like this? And I just was like, I fell in love with my best friend. And she happens to be a girl. Aww. And she was like, Okay, Um, well, like I love you, like you're my daughter, that's never gonna change. But like, do you think this is something like that you will grow out of? Or, you know, the phase talk And I was just like, I don't know, but like what I know is what I feel and what I feel is real. And like, it took her a while to like understand that. But after years that went by and like, you know, multiple conversations, She is one of the best allies I have.
1: Wow, that's
0: amazing. Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that.
2: Yeah, which, you know, fortunately I do have. And I know a lot of people in the community struggle with. Mm -hmm. uh, But it took a long time to get there. And yeah, that was pretty much like who I came out to, like, after, you know, having a girlfriend for like five years secretly. And like, yeah, it was just like a whole, again, pig's life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Life.
0: <laughs> so I guess you would have been in, like, your mid-20s when you came out to your mom, like, officially?
2: Yeah, I was a junior in college, so, like, 2021. 20, oh, I thought you meant 2021 the year
1: for a second, and I was, like, last year? <laughs> and now you're, like, a queer girl, <laughs> like, running the shit.
2: So that's hilarious. No, I was, like, 20, 21 years old, yeah, when I, when I came out to my mom. It's so
1: great that you could call her, like, despite anything, just call her to come comfort you, like, just in general, and that she would drive over there and be at your house at one thirty in the morning.
2: Yeah, honestly, I, we've had her, we've had our ups and downs, but she will always show up and like, she's proven it to me, proved it to me multiple times. And I'm super grateful for like my mom. She's actually my friend's go-to. For like any advice or like for problems or like...
1: She's that mom. That's very sweet. You had your coming out. You went through your big first breakup. I feel like every guest, especially like queer female guests we have on, when they talk about their first breakup, it's like it is a fucking turning point. Like it is something else. And now you're here today and you are the founder of Queer Girl. So can you tell our listeners, in case they don't know what Queer Girl is, what it's all about and how you got inspired to start.
2: Queer Girl was actually founded in twenty seventeen. His name is Ben Greshler. They were formerly known as Jen Greshler, but now, you know, they are they have transitioned to A trans man. He kind of launched that queer girl based events, but like with you know they changed the branding to X to to be more inclusive. But then you know it was a company that just like was devoted to throwing diverse and culturally relevant events for queer women. And like they kind of started that solid foundation, you know that they've built over the past couple years. But you know before the pandemic, queer girl would host city tours and have events throughout the United States. Unfortunately when covid hit all these were events were put to hold and canceled. It kind of like died off a little bit and then 2020 is when I started with them October 2021 actually. You know, they had a pretty good following on TikTok they were like at 4000 followers and then they were like, "You know what? I think it's a good idea to bring in a social media content specialist to kind of regain that traction and like kind of ramp things up again." rebuild you know their brand their following and help promote future events so yeah I started out with coming up with content the famous questions the weekly questions the pictures the videos and you know again we started TikTok I started with with them when they were at 4,000 followers and now we're at 85.1 thousand followers oh
0: my god wait so and you started October 2021 yeah that's incredible
2: it's only been a year yeah it's only been a year
0: that's a huge
1: (laughs) jump we're shook
0: can we just like take that in for a second (laughs) yeah like how do you think um obviously like you're the talent behind that and like growing that following but what do you think it really was that maybe helped spark that growth
2: honestly it was the out-of-pocket questions I was asking (laughs) like are you still friends with your ex like You know, what are your favorite red flags to chase? Because let's be honest, we all have those. Um, And it was just like kind of things that were questions that were more that were very relatable to a lot of people um, that would come to the event or wouldn't come to the event. And like seeing social media has been just such an outlet and such a free marketing and advertisement for anything in general You, you catch yourself scrolling like for hours, whether it's Instagram or TikTok. So we figured to like really hone in on that platform and kind of just how do we get people engaged? What's, what's it going to take for people to like come to these events? We, so again, like in October, 2021, they were just starting to come out with events again. Our contract ended and they weren't really doing that well. Um, the venue was really hard to fill because it was so big and it was on a Sunday. And so, you know, I took it upon myself to find another venue and to kind of try to find another day, another day where people would like go actually go out. So I went to the hole in the wall, which I would go with my friends. That would be like our little spot where they do karaoke, pitcher drinks, And I knew that they were like an OG gay bar in San Diego. Me and my friends love having a good time here. Then I was like, you know what? Let me just talk to the manager one day. I know it's a little bit out of my JD, but like, you know, I'm really passionate about Queer Girl, about helping this really awesome events brand, like, you know, elevate and take it to the next level. And I was like, listen, you give us a shot, we'll bring in the headcount we'll see how it goes a couple, you know, for the first month. And then, you know, if it flops, thank you for your time. And if it doesn't, well, we're going to have a beautiful relationship moving forward. Yeah. The confidence.
0: I love that.
2: (laughs) Confidence is key, ladies. Uh, So yeah, you know, it was kind of like the first couple events we had, you know, 25, 30, 35, 50 people go show up, which was way better than our Sunday events when it was like 20, 25 people, you know, Thursdays, that's when the weekend starts for most people. And then a venue where it's like half inside, half outside, you have beer pong, there's karaoke. And like, pool table it was a variety it was like a variety of everything it kind of hit every market queers that wanted to keep it low key and chill you know have their little crowd play beer pong or like pool you could do that for the more extrovert queers that you know wanted to sing and you know shake their ass like curses.
0: that's awesome that'd be me
2: <laughs> <laughs> that kind of just started flowing you know our tiktok videos i think really really helped that you know People will be like, oh, my God, I want to be on the TikTok video. I want to answer the question. Like, people would come solely for the video because, again, social media.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And, like, not to interrupt you, but just for any listeners who haven't seen the videos that Fig is talking about right now, go to the Queer Girl socials right now. TikTok, Instagram, it's Queer GXRL. And these videos like this is what made us fall in love with queer girl all the way up here in Canada like because you are asking like I mean I guess pretty basic questions in a lot of ways yeah like what was the example you gave you just gave it was something about your ex.
2: It was like are you still friends with your ex
1: okay yeah so like a pretty simple question you might ask your friend but the answers you get are so good so funny and the way you edit them i don't know if it's i'm sure it's you editing them i don't know they're so good so guys like go watch all of them like you could i could scroll for hours just watching them they're so good every time i see a new one i'm like purse there's a new one
2: well that's really great to hear and that's great feedback because you know sometimes it can get a little redundant you know sometimes I'm like okay like what questions do I ask what questions do I don't ask like is it okay to repeat the questions like you know like last week I did a truth or dare and some of them were really funny um I got a lot more truths and dares but there were some people that were like that did say dare and I was like okay well like you know what I dare you to go get a consensual kiss from someone that you think is cute like you know let's push the boundaries a little bit it happened they got a consensual kiss and the girl was like the girl that got kissed I was like thank you so much for being a good sport you know she was like oh my god I think I just caught feelings
0: (laughs) you're like did I just start a relationship
2: right literally and then I go up to my friend that I like went and was like I dared them I was like, yo, I mean that girl caught feelings over there. I mean, if you want to shoot your shot, she was like, Oh my god, really? Like, I'm gonna go find her right now. So I was like, <laughs> planting the seed. Um, <laughs> and you also had you someone in that video,
1: someone said dare, and you dared them to just get someone's number who they thought were cute. I'm like, who knows? They could be texting right now, setting up a date. Yeah. Like, who knows?
2: Exactly. So it's I like to have fun with it. Um, I do a fruit roll up fruit fruit roll up champ, uh Challenge where it's like you know let's see what that mouth do let's see what that tongue game do have it like
0: yeah literally like a straight person versus like a queer person.
2: exactly exactly
0: <laughs> and can Sarah and I do I would, it let's do it we should do <laughs> it
2: <laughs> but yeah I think those definitely helped you know we've had people from New York. New Jersey people on the east coast come to our events and be like hey like I found you on TikTok hey I found you on Instagram um can we be on the video people from from Tennessee people like I'm not kidding you like I didn't know these videos were gonna take off like that and like really hit different geographical areas um, but I'm glad it did, because, you know, I've seen a lot of really cool and diverse people come to these events. And yeah, I mean, I guess I've been dubbed like the face of queer girl and like the one that does the questions. But at the end of the day, it's more than that. Um, it's super rewarding. A lot of people have come up to me thanking me that they found their friends, people that are new to the area, people that are like little Gabies uh, that, you know needed a place to come and feel safe and make friends and you know they were like you helped me do that i actually found i met my girlfriend at one of our events no and, yeah you can find love in a hopeless place people
0: that's awesome can you tell us the story about how you guys like connected at this event
2: so it was actually i asked her a question and i was like wow like i kind of like like her vibe her energy i'm an energy person like i'm a vibe person and like it's also kind of like, you know, doing the TikToks and stuff. It it's it gets me to meet a bunch of people and like step out of my comfort zone too. And so it's funny because she's not really like my type. I guess you would say. Um, I go for like super super femmes. Like, I guess you would call them pillow princesses. I don't know. <laughs> Purse can relate. I <laughs> I love
0: femmes too. I really yeah. love femmes.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, it's just a thing. Oh, I like
0: a little dom femme
2: though. That's the one that I have. She's quite the dom femme. She was like very like, like STEM, like, you know, like, uh, androgynous kind of presenting. And again, I go for the girls that have like their lashes, the big lashes, like the whole shebang. But it was something about like her energy, something about her responses that really kind of was like, I want to know this person more. But like, I was just getting out of a relationship, a pretty unhealthy kind of toxic one, you would say, you know, I kind of just want to know them as a person, like, you know, let's, let's get to know each other that way. But I was so out of the game that I didn't even know how to like, hey, like, do you want to be friends? Like, I just didn't know how to do it. So I sent one of my bouncers, I was like, hey, can you like, go get her talk to her? Like, just joking around, like, didn't think he would do it. But you know, I guess he followed my orders pretty took them pretty uh to heart and was like okay and like went over there and she was kind of like oh my god am I getting kicked out I saw it from the distance like from afar and I was like oh my god he's doing it and she came over and was like so like you wanted to talk to me
0: that would intimidate me
2: (laughs) me too I was like holy shit like okay the moment is here like what do I say and I was like yeah what's your instagram like, what? Like, what? Me trying to flirt. Yeah, it was it was kind of horrid. But I we exchanged Instagrams. And, like, you know, I guess that's, like, the new way to date or, like, talk to people, social media. And so we kind of, I was, like, sliding in her DMs, like, oh, like, you're at Sunset Cliffs? Like, not me being at Sunset Cliffs, too. Like, not us being at the same place, but, like, not together. Maybe we should, like, hang out and go to this together. You know, it was kind of, like, so so cringe because again I've been out of the game but again it was kind of just more like let's let me see who you are let me get to know you is
1: the video that you where you like ask her the question is it on the queer girl page like can we go see it yeah it is
2: that's a moment Like you have that moment on camera do you remember what question it was what's the gayest thing about you she's the first person what's the gayest thing about you I went to Cancun for her first date (laughs) I was a Tumblr lesbian. Look at me. <laughs> Probably all of my friends. <laughs> my demeanor. You never know if you're gonna get masculine or feminine. My dick, because I'm able to switch inches, unlike most men. <laughs> I cry every time I watch that. She has lips tattooed on her neck. Uh, she's so cute. Yeah, she's so cute. What did
1: she say was the gayest thing about her? I didn't hear the answer.
2: So she didn't say anything. She pointed to like these lips she has tattooed on her neck. And I was like. (laughs) You're like, enough said. Cool, cool. I was like, okay. You're like sweating. I was literally like, you're so cute. Why are you so cute? But like so tomboy, but like, fuck, I kind of like your vibes. Like you have lips and it's actually her lips.
0: Because I was gonna ask if it was like an ex's lips or
2: something. No, no, but she does have a tattoo with her ex. We don't talk about that. Mm, mm, Yeah, we don't
1: (laughs) talk about that on this podcast. We don't
2: talk about Bruno. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's her lips. She got them done. She gave me the story behind it because I did ask her. I was like, "Oof, like, are you toxic and got your like ex's lips tattooed on you?" And she's like, "No, they're actually mine. So like, the guys could, you know." get 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 off my back or like whatever
1: something being being a straight girl dealing with straight men all the time I can tell you that that probably would not get them off your
2: back like it would just make them co- like more come. more to be honest. to be like what is that tell me more literally I was like the, and she kind of still deals with that and I'm like looks like that tattoo backfired yeah <laughs> but I mean it, it, it's it's a really good conversation starter and that's where our conversation started that's Um,
1: the best story that's QAF okay well congrats to both of you for finding each other and the stars aligning we love a love story (laughs) on this pod
0: I need to move apparently I need to go to these events to find the love of my life
2: come to San Diego you can find love here you can find friends here you can find a safe space it's 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 funny it's rewarding it's it's all of the above it really is so speaking of the videos, it seems from the videos, and we mentioned this
1: earlier in the combo, that the people who come to the queer girl events are pretty diverse. Like in the videos you can see there's like queer women, there's femme women, there's more like mask presenting women, there's like non-binary and trans folks. Like do you think the videos were a part of creating a space where m- like multiple different types of people could feel safe and comfortable? Like what? how do you think you fostered that because at the end of the day, it is, you know, a company called Queer Girl, and that even just the name might deter someone from coming if they think they might not feel totally comfortable in that space.
2: Yeah, no, um, I think that showing diversity, showing that there are, you know, all women of different colors, shapes, sizes, like all of the above, I think that was really important to kind of hone in on because of that reason, you know? So we wanted to be relatable, these questions to be relatable, the audience, the people that they would be around to be relatable, you know? So making sure to promote that there are Latinx, African-American or Black, you know, white, however you identify, there's going to be a little piece of you there. We thought, I thought it was really important to hone in on that. I mean, I'm a Latina. And if I saw more Latinas at this event, I'd be like, oh, my God, girls, the, you know, let me get the other Latinas and be like, hey, sister, like, what's good? Let's hang out, you know, kind of really find a community within the community. I think that was really something that was needed and important just so we can get people from all walks of the earth to come through. Again, it was and it is still is, you know, targeted for queer women. But we we have a lot of allies come um we have a lot of you know gay men come which is like you know really kind of like a little bit of a shocker but it was also really cool to see because you know they have their own spaces the most of the areas in san diego in hillcrest are catered to gay men except for the one lesbian bar which is gossip grill um that is you know for lesbians or queer women but everything else is for gay men. So for them to already have their spots and then want to come to our events, I was like, okay, wow, like we may be the commodity, you know, the hot commodity or like a little bit something Seems like it, you know? Yeah,
1: that's interesting. And so right now, Queer Girl is just doing events in San Diego. But do y'all have any um, plans to expand anywhere above like the border?
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe <laughs> one day?
0: West end of Toronto, close to me.
2: Okay, perfect. To, I'm going to write it down At Persis's house, <laughs> yes, and your home address. Yes, send me the Addy. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, right now, we kind of really wanted to hone in on our city. And, you know, we have a year of ramp up now that we have the following now we have that now we have the audience we're seeing the demand and other places we have in the comments are you guys coming to florida are you guys coming to georgia oh i need to get out of arkansas or wherever you're at you know it really is something that like okay maybe we need to start doing city tours again maybe we need to you know hit these different demographic areas that need a space so we do have a couple things in the works. L.A. is something that we're working on next since it is a little bit closer. Um, We definitely want to hit the state of California, the Bay Area, and and start shifting and moving to different other states. Toronto could be next.
0: I would love that.
2: Yeah, it is, it is in the works. It is in the plans. We just need to kind of find a venue that will have us, you know, and that's, that's another thing we don't want to take away from, from their nights and take away from, you know, whatever they have going on. Um, And I think that's like the biggest challenge right now is finding a space from here, you know, and trying to coordinate something and getting all the logistics. But it is something that we are really working on. That's great news. That's the answer we're hoping for. <laughs> The queer girl could be coming to a city near you for sure.
1: Whenever you announce you're coming to just Canada in general, we'll spread the, we'll spread the
2: word. I mean, if you have any good places that would be open to having our events, feel free to shoot them my way. And who knows? It could be in this upcoming year for sure. Absolutely.
0: I already have like places in my head I'm thinking could be really good spaces
1: for a queer girl event. Me too. We'll send you a list.
2: <laughs> our capacity... Not this past week, but last week we had five hundred thirty people come to our event. Oh, my Whoa, God wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I
1: didn't know that it was like that that's where you guys
2: were at now. Oh, on our weekly basis, yeah, it re- well, that was our number consistently, like all summer. now that it's like local summer, you know, whatever, it's ranging between the 300 to five hundred range, yeah, it's cuffing
1: season.
0: Everyone's staying cozy. So maybe we'll take my apartment off the list. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we could try. Yeah, I think it would be cozy. It'll be super
0: cozy. No worries.
1: Okay, before we say goodbye to you, we want to talk a little bit more about the importance of queer spaces and events in general. Because even in big cities, there is like such an unmet need for queer spaces and events. Persis has experienced this in Toronto firsthand, especially for queer women, like you said earlier, this seems to be historically more spaces for gay men than gay women. Why do you think that is? A couple of things.
2: So I think a lot of the people in the community are stuck in a sort of time era where like maybe the gay men, you know, Harvey Milk, all of them kind of ran ran things but let us not forget that the lesbian women and other people in the community were also part of that and helping that and like getting us to where we are now we're also in like a new generation there's a new generation of queers that are identifying as whatever they do or whatever they are and it's like we need to have more of a space for everyone not just a specific group of people and we see that across the board I mean to only have 25 bars for lesbian women in the whole country that's that's pretty sad wow I
1: didn't know that was the stat in the states
2: yeah in the states in, in the United States there's about 25 lesbian bars if I'm not mistaken that's insane in the whole country so which means you know everything else is predominantly tiered or targeted for gay men. And you know, I, I truly don't know why that is the case, but I think it's because ha- how things started back in the day. And I think again, people are still kind of stuck. All of that, I think it gets lost in translation that the times have moved. There are many people within the community that, you know, still need a space and to not forget, you know, the other letters in the community, the L's, the T's, the Qs, the plus, that, you know, All of it. The bees. it's something that I think we just kind of forget and like are okay with. But there's some of us like us at Queer Girl that we're not okay with that. Like we deserve our own space. We deserve a safe space. And we also have this space where everyone's welcome. Um, You know, we're not going to turn anyone away because you're identified as bisexual. Or if you're a gay man, or if you're a trans man, we have a trans man as an owner. I think we need to change the mindset. We need to change the script a bit. And that's what we're trying to do one event at a time.
0: Mm -hmm. And you're starting that, right? I'm actually really curious about what that stat would be in Canada in terms of lesbian bars. Because even in Toronto, there isn't really like... There's one? I I can't even tell you which... The Beaver? The Beaver's not even open anymore.
1: Oh my God. We should look up this stat after and include it in the episode because that would be really interesting to see. Definitely less than 25 if there's only 25 in the States. But I never thought of, I think you bring up a good point, Fig, because like I had never thought about the fact that I I do think gay men just like in the media got maybe a wider representation, like were shown more. Yeah, Harvey Milk is a perfect example. Even if you think about shows like Will and Grace, right? Like I feel like gay men... There was just more representation than there was for modern gay family. women,
2: like you know. But yeah. besides L Word, which is probably the only platform that really opened that door for to have more representation for lesbian women or queer women. I, you're right. I don't really see that many people like Ellen DeGeneres. Yes, she was probably one of the only people, but everyone else is kind of like more leaning towards gay men representation. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, you know, there's more to the pie, you know. And yeah, I think it's something that we need to change the script. And hopefully we can do that and have more representation across the board and having more spaces for people, you know, mm-hmm. to come.
0: Absolutely. And even just to touch upon this quick too, we are coming out of like COVID times why do you think in-person events are so important, especially for the queer community?
2: Uh, I mean, I know myself. You meet your girlfriend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like that's how you meet your SO.
2: <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's, I think human interaction in general is something that is needed, um, across the board. Whether you're straight, whether you're gay, whether you're bi whatever it is that you identify, that human inter- interaction really goes a long way. And it it doesn't keep things as surface level. I think behind, after, like when the pandemic hit, everything was kind of more like behind the screen, you're locked in, you're kind of like going through this weird, weird phase mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it kind of flipped your world upside down where you're like, okay, like, you know, not like being behind a screen is, is, it feels safer now. In hindsight, it's like, we need to bring back that human interaction. We need to bring back that like human like uh, presence, that genuine, that raw connection that you can't, that you really can't get behind a screen really. Like when you have someone there that you could physically touch or if, like, you know, you're having a real hard conversation You can't hug the screen and feel that same thing right when you're talking to them and you're talking to them about something deep and you want to show some kind of affection or or you know whatever the case may be you can do that and it's like wow like that touch you know that um in-person smile it goes a long way it's not it's not like a filter you know takes the filter away Um, And I think that's what's really important. And, you know, just to get, like, back in touch with humanity. I think we've all kind of lost a little bit of that during the pandemic. And it's really important to be able to have those in-person interactions. They could go a long way, honestly. You know, a hug really could go a long way. Well, and even what you were saying when you were
1: telling the story of meeting your partner, you were like, oh, I'm such an energy person. But that, that is a that is an in-person experience. That's like something that you have to be with them to know. And you could have maybe seen her – sorry, what are her pronouns? She, her, yeah. You could have seen her on like a dating app maybe and been like, oh, that's not my type. And sw- you know what I mean? And like swiped away. But you met her in person and you were like, there's something about the energy. You wouldn't have got that through a screen. And it like I think that can happen with friendships too.
2: Exactly. No, you that's literally a perfect example. Like – if I saw Angie on a screen, I probably would have been like, "Mm, I don't know, she's a little bit too masked for me. Or is a little little too androgynous for me. And I would have swiped left or, you know, instead of swiping right. But because she was right in front of me, her responses, her like, that human interaction, the energy, the, the vibes that were past, like I was like, whoa, I actually kind of want to know who this person is a little bit more. Yeah, you're not hiding behind a screen messaging. It's like raw, authentic. And I think that's what a lot of us lack in these days and what we need more of.
1: Yeah. And as much as we love in-person events, like you with your videos, we've been talking about this whole combo, like you have created a online queer community, which we've talked about on the pod a bajillion times. Online communities are like just vital for queer people. Like, how do you feel about that digital community? Like, obviously, it means that you have people coming into the events um, to meet in person. But even people like us who, are, who have never been to an event because we're in another country, like, how are you fostering that digital space? And do you have any plans,
2: like, anything you want to do with that digital community? That is something that I personally have been, like, kind of taken note of. Um, I definitely want Queer Girl, and this is something that, you know, again, I have to talk to Ben with. Um, since it's not my baby it's kind of like his baby that I'm kind of like you know nurturing a bit cradling (laughs) yeah but yeah you know I want to to, I want us to be able to have like uh, a philanthropy piece to it you know give back to our community to the LGBTQ plus youth um, and then yeah create that space where it's like almost like a little hub like where people could kind of like lean on with each other like Right now, during the holidays, not a lot of people have that opportunity to go home for Thanksgiving because of X, Y, Z reason. Even though people are, you know, in Canada or in New Jersey or wherever they may be, they they know they have a community that they could lean on during this time that a lot of people may be going through the same thing. Um, and so... That is something that we're kind of trying to figure out how we can kind of hone in on that because there is, you know, there are a lot of people from all over the place that we see on Queer Girl that are like, oh my gosh, like you need to come to this city. You need to come to that city or like that are like talking about their personal experiences because of the prompt, and then, you know, connecting with each other that way. So that, that does bring a good point. And like, that's something that we definitely need to brainstorm because there is, there is that, you know, group of people that demand, I guess, for an online community. 2023 is going to be a big year for queer girls. I, I think, think so. I think so too. I think so too. I'm really excited um, about it and hopefully, you know, we don't disappoint.
0: Absolutely. We're already predicting it. We, <laughs> we know you're not going to.
2: Well, we really, really,
0: really appreciate your time. And just to wrap things up, where can our listeners um, find you guys or find out more about upcoming events?
2: Queer Girl, our Instagram page, our TikTok page, Queer, Q-U-E-E-R, and then Girl is G-X-R-L. You could find out our events through there and Eventbrite. We kind of do a lot of our events through Eventbrite. So, you know, you could follow us on there as well to stay tuned for, you know, our Cupid party that we're going to have in February, um, our New Year's, a uh, pre New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve party that we w- we're working on, um, our Pride party, all of that good stuff. You could follow us on that. Yeah, you know, if you want to connect, you could reach out to my personal page, uh, Fig underscore Jess. And, you know, if you're a DJ influencer or someone that wants to share their space with us to create these events wherever you may be we are very much open to that and we'll
1: we'll link all of that stuff guys in the show notes for this episode so if you want to just go there you can easily go for to the eventbrite and to all the social platforms
2: awesome well i super appreciate you guys for you know having me on your show and you know letting me talk about queer girl and what we do and how we really want to, you know, bring the community into a personal and, you know, in person and as well as online, we just want to create a space where, where everyone can kind of just be themselves, find love, find friends and have a good time. You know, life's too short. Life is too short.
1: And thank you for creating that space and for all the work you do. We cannot wait for y'all to come to Toronto. I'm currently in Vancouver, but I mean, Vancouver also has a lot of great spaces you could do it at. So I'll send you a list.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got Canada covered for you.
2: Yeah. No, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for, you know, doing what you guys do. Um, I'm really excited to see what comes, um, you know, on Girl and Girl podcasts. And yeah, we'll definitely, definitely have to do this again.
1: Of course Let's do it We'll do a recap November 2023 And see how you guys Just like took over the world Exactly
0: At this point (laughs) If we can even reach you
2: Yeah you'll be like I'm too big for you (laughs) Never that Never that Some international um, ideas Have popped up Where you know Maybe queer girl goes To Mexico Or You know We'll see Canada I'm so excited Can't wait
1: Guys, stay tuned, follow Queer Girl, and you'll get all the updates as it happens. All right, for in case you missed it on this week's episode, we thought, especially with the content of the episode, talking to Fig about the importance of queer spaces, we couldn't let this opportunity go by without talking about what happened at Club Q the gay bar in Colorado Springs. We're sure most of you listening have heard about what happened. There was a shooting. Someone walked into the bar and five people lost their lives. I think 13 or more people, I think it might be more now, were injured.
0: 18 injuries. Um, 23 people were shot at Club Q. So it resulted in the five deaths and
1: then 18 injuries. And we know that the deaths were two bartenders who worked there. There were a few people who were just there having a good time. One of the people who passed away, she had a husband and a child. She, she was a mom, and she was just there having a good time with a friend. Sometimes it's hard to even know what to say. when. Sometimes it's hard to know what to say, you know, a where to start, because it's, like, getting exhausting almost, like,
0: It's exhausting. It's not okay. It's heartbreaking. It shouldn't be happening. I didn't know this, Sarah. The club was actually planning an all-ages drag brunch for the Sunday morning in honor of Trans Day of
1: Remembrance. Yeah. And there were a lot of trans people at the bar that night, and one of them is one of the people who passed away. She was a trans woman in who was uh, visiting from Denver, I believe. I mean, yeah, there are just so many things we could say about this. I mean, I was listening to an interview from um, someone who was inside the bar when it happened, a survivor, and he said that it's liter- Club Q is literally the only queer bar in like the entire Colorado Springs area. He was like, this is it for us. He was like, this place is legendary, it's like won awards. But it's the only space in our community. And he started crying and he was like, what now? Like, where do we go now? Like, this space is not not like, oh, it's never going to be safe again. You know what I mean? How could it be? You know what I mean? Like when something that horrific happens inside of it. People go to these places for
0: safe space and to like, I mean, similarly, like what we talk about with queer Girl, you know, like they go to find community, they go to feel seen, they're with their people, and this just needs to end. And then you have like Republicans like Lauren Boebert. Did you see that? She tweeted. She tweeted saying, like, the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. This morning the victims and their families are in my prayers. This lawless violence needs to needs to end and end quickly. But over the past 2 years, she was the one who tweeted, take your children to church, not drag bars. She also argues people should have to wait until age 21 to come out as LGBTQ+. What the fuck? She says LGBT people are spitting in God's face and perverting the <gasps> nation.
1: Like, and then she says thoughts and prayers to the to the victims. This was a hate crime.
0: They caused this, and Sarah, this is kind of what You mentioned, too, when when we talked about Candace Cameron Bure earlier today and, like, the stupidity of her comment about wanting traditional marriage at its core and how she left Hallmark because of, like, the uh, the queer movies or, like, more representation. And I know, like, the other guy, the other founder of Hallmark is also a homophobic person, also left that channel. And now the two of them are working together with the greater... Family. Network, whatever. GF. Whatever. We... Greater Family Association. Or yeah. Something.
1: So I was telling Purse I was like seeing red earlier because... This might sound dramatic to say, but at this point it's not. Candace Cameron has blood on her hands. Because when you have a platform and you say stuff like this, people hear it. You have a platform. People listen to you. People especially people who are Christian are going to listen to you and they're going to take it in and you never know who those people are who are going to absorb this information. It might be a um, mentally ill person with an AK-47. Like, we can't just sit here. And Candace Cameron is just one tiny example, right?
0: She's just one example, but Matt, Matt Ziv says here, there is a direct correlation between conservatives waging a culture war against drag queens and trans kids and the shooting that happened last night. You do not get to think and pray your way out of it. You caused this.
1: Yes, exactly. And I just think it's so easy for us, especially with like, you know, like a TV star, like Candace Cameron, who like maybe people don't take that seriously. It's easy for us to sit here and be like, oh, well, that's obviously stupid and she's canceled kind of like, brush her aside but every single person who spews this kind of like rhetoric on a platform is part of the problem and they all have blood on their hands like I just don't think that's too dramatic to say and it's so infuriating that Candace Cameron for example is going to go to sleep tonight like a baby when her words have most definitely I'm not talking about like this specific shooter or this specific situation but her words have impacted lives of real people with real families out there in the world innocently trying to just live their lives and this is gonna you know what the fucked up part is this is gonna happen again and it's happened before and it'll happen again
0: i know i just can't hear it anymore like it's just like another night. I mean, Sarah was just telling me earlier like I I do go to queer bars often. I was just at Woody's on Friday. You know, you just never think you're going to go somewhere and then not come back.
1: Especially to your the space where like you feel most part of that community where you feel safest, where you feel like like you have the most fun. There's the most joy in that space, right? I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about you Always. specifically, but just like queer spaces, right? Yeah. And to have that taken away from you. We're just feeling a lot of anger and a lot of sadness this week. And we wanted to make sure we brought it up on the pod. And we're just really grateful for people like Fig and Queer Girl who are going to continue creating queer spaces no matter what. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. going to stop queer spaces from existing they actually interviewed the army vet who took down the shooter you can find that interview i think it's it might be on the new york times we know we're sitting all the way up here in a different country and you know we we're maybe a little bit removed from the situation but if any of y'all want to talk about it our dms are always open
0: yeah we we understand it's like a really really heavy time i've been feeling it today everyone has like everyone it's it's definitely like Sarah said it's it keeps happening and it's scary to think that this could happen again just seems like one thing after the other but um, what we can do is just be there for each other and talk things through and I know that always helps me so yeah feel free to reach out to us and we can try and talk things through or even try to
1: make you feel better in whatever way we can yeah and we love you guys and you know The queer community is so strong. Everyone's going to keep pushing forward, right?
0: Yeah, of course. And I keep thinking of like the the victims and the families too.
1: And I keep thinking of you, Purse. I keep thinking of you being at Woody's on a Friday night. And I just love you so much. And I just want you to be safe. And I want you to feel like you don't have to worry leaving your house.
0: It makes us second guess things though for sure i
1: mean after this even i'm sure like the village in toronto is gonna be like shaking yeah i think the gay village in every major city is gonna feel it i was at a drag show two weekends ago at a gay bar here in vancouver could have been me you know yeah
0: to any to any allies to anyone in the community it could be Mm -hmm. anybody so it's
1: frustrating we don't have any answers and it's hard to know what to say but yeah just wanted to talk about it and let's keep talking about it
0: yeah i think we we absolutely have to right we have to keep talking about it spreading more awareness and there's people with blood on their hands and we're looking right yep. at them and i don't want to hear i don't want to see a tweet from any single one of them being like my thoughts and prayers go out to the family i swear to
1: god and what we will also, we're going to we're going to keep an eye out for any resources for the victims or survivors or for Club Q itself. If there's any way we can like help in some way, if we find any resources, we'll post them and if you guys find any, please let us know.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good idea.
1: Okay, well, I love you, Purse.
0: I love you, Sarah. This was a heavy one, but wanted to thank Jess again for talking about queer girl and um telling us more about how that gets how that got started and we're just very grateful like we're eternally grateful for people like Jess and her team to keep these spaces alive because we just want to make sure that we can't
1: lose our light no and if there's one thing I think over history we've we've learned about the queer community is like they won't be scared away from anything like they won't like fear won't stop the queer community from standing up for their rights and doing what they need to do queer spaces are going to carry on thriving
0: absolutely they always will